those type of things just really helped me lock in more than ever. It really doesn't matter, but uh, I've been as locked in as I've ever been in my career. Welcome, welcome, all locksmiths of ages, whatever you are, if you're a zebra, transgender, guy, girl, whatever you are, we don't discriminate. You know that from day one. Um, really just jumping into it here early on, your host Whipple, along with co-host Spaz, Parlay Prince of the South, been an absolute killer weekend for Spaz. I just want to throw it right off to you. What did it look like this weekend? I know you went 12-1. and one. Um, you know, a lot of the Twitter followers were, were tailing you this weekend. What did you see this weekend? I mean, what really was the difference maker for you this weekend when Man, it came to the bets? It was a hell of a weekend, especially for college football. We went a perfect A no. Now, hindsight bias is everything I should have included minus three to go nine and oh, but this was the most just clear cut weekend I've ever seen. Uh, first of all, let's just start off by saying UCF Houston. Why would you set an over under 82? I understand that AAC does not play defense and has shootouts, but that's pretty obvious. Ohio State, we all knew they were going to crush Penn State. BYU with a 28-and-a-half spread. I mean, that's massive, but sometimes you got to trust your gut. That's all I got to say about that. How did you uh, handle Vegas this weekend? I know you were there. Yeah, so as some of the listeners know and some of the followers know, I was out there in Vegas at Caesars, and it was a, it was a hell of a ride, I got to be honest. You know, we came out on Saturday. I, I did tell the Twitter bets, did really good on some of those on Saturday. I did, you know, some of the parlays, and there's a reason why I'm not parlay Prince of the South, is, you know, anytime I do a parlay, I do get jammed. Um, but it was overall a good Saturday. What it came down to on Sunday as I, we, you know, we tweeted out the ticket there to win 250. You know, I had Moneyline Steelers. I had Moneyline, I believe it was. Yeah, I know I had Seahawks and then Saints as well. Crazy game there with the Saints. And then, again, the, the big one was that Sunday night game, Eagles. Man, I mean, that was that was a scary game. I think halftime it was like a one-point game, you know, 250 on the line. I tweeted it out. I was like, hey, you know, should we hedge? Should we hedge? We got a lot of feedback from that. So thank you for whoever gave us some feedback. And we said, hey, roll the dice. It did hit. And not a single but, uh, person said a hedge. Not a single I person know. ever believed in the Eagles. That just shows that public opinion knows that the Cowboys aren't for real this year. Absolutely. And also, too, I think that goes to show with our following that we've built on Twitter – um, go ahead and follow us at Lock In Bets. You know, we were always we're always putting bets out there again, 12 in one weekend. But again, I think that goes to show the community that we have is, you know, they're smart. They're smart people. They love to roll the dice. They love to make money. And that's just what we're here to do. And so obviously that cash. But yeah, you know, a couple beers this weekend, couple couple bets that we're hitting this weekend. It was good for me. Um, what were some of your favorite games this weekend? By far, Michigan State, Michigan was the most interesting to me. Absolutely. Michigan State closed at a 22-point dog. Anyone with uh, any type of blind, they could be blind, they could have great eyesight, anyone could see that that was going to be the mortal lock of the century. No way does a rivalry game do you ever give someone, you know, a 22-point spread. I understand that Michigan State lost to Rutgers week one, but you just never give 22 points in a rivalry game. I think Absolutely. to me that was the most interesting game. Michigan State closed as plus 950. I saw sometimes I saw plus 1,000. Any of the Michigan State betters was, you know, doing great this weekend. But besides that game, I would say uh, the Ohio State, Penn State. I didn't really care for any of the SEC games. I'm a huge SEC guy, but 
Uh, as far as college football goes, I would say the Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. What about you? Yeah, so I, I loved Ohio State. Again, I obviously Michigan State fan here. I love to see Michigan State. You know, we were in Vegas with a couple Michigan buddies. They were quiet all weekend. There's not much you can do about that. Just kind of bouncing off that, is it time for Jim Harbaugh to go? Let's be honest here. Yeah, you got to beat Michigan State. And also, he's never beat Ohio State. He's yep. not going to do it this year. I'll, that's going to be, you know, the lock of the century. I don't care if you got to take out a second mortgage on your house. Hammer Ohio State when they play Michigan. Never beat them. If he can't beat Ohio State this year, he's got to go. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, honestly, I thought we were going to wake up Monday morning and he was going to be without a job after that brutal performance by Michigan. The guy just can't get it done. Um, you know, maybe the Michigan fans will come to realize that. I think some of them are finally starting to realize it. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan, maybe not so, uh, you know, trouble in paradise there with Harbaugh. But we'll see what happens with that in the next couple, really for the next couple months. But uh, hopping over to NFL, one of the big ones that I wanted to talk about was the Jets. I mean, again, 20-point spread, Chiefs-Jets. I get the Chiefs are the best team, defending Super Bowl champions. And, but again, we, when we look at a 20-point spread, we got to remember these are two NFL teams. You know, we're not talking about college football where it's, you know, some absolute powerhouse of a team versus some, you know, the local high school down the street. You know, these are two professional, you know, football teams. And so how does this happen? I mean, what, what's going on in New, in New York there where the Jets just aren't even putting up points anymore? <laughs> it's that offensive genius Adam Gase that everyone rides so hard I don't understand how the hell he still has a job in the NFL uh, everyone you know rides his dick saying he's an offensive genius he hasn't won a game all season and if you want to get in on Jets to go 0-16 right now in Bovada it's plus 500 you know sprinkle that I personally put 20 bucks on that for a little nice return. I just don't see anything working out for the Jets anytime soon. I think they need to start fresh, clean house from all of the way uh, to the front office to yeah, get absolutely. maybe absolutely. even a new and quarterback. I don't think Sam Darnold's competent. Jets are just a dumpster only fire. Only undefeated team in the NFL. We have Steelers 8-0, huge game against the Ravens, division game, went in there, won the game. What do you think? Are the Steelers serious here? <coughs> I think they are, and uh, as we tweeted today, they're the fourth favorites to win the Super Bowl. They're at plus 750 right now, only behind the Chiefs, Ravens, and Bucks. I think Steelers are for real. I think their defense is playing lockdown. All the wide receivers are having fun. I can tell the thing about that locker room is the wide receivers aren't greedy. They just want to win. They don't care about targets or uh, you know receptions. They just want to win. And Big Ben too. is playing I mean, very rush right. He's looking good. Season. I personally uh, think Steelers I are for real, and I'm scared of them. With the record, you know, they were playing some weak, soft teams, and then they go last week play the Titans. When then tactically, you know, they were up 27-7 at one point. You know, a lot of garbage time points there from the Titans. Almost came back and actually snuck and won away, won with that game, but didn't happen. They beat the Titans. Then they go into Baltimore again. Baltimore's looked good all season long. We can't look past Baltimore. They've looked good all season long. And then the Steelers do their job. I think, you know, this is a team that could really make a push for the Super Bowl. Um, and, and again, you know, it, it's funny to see, you know, all the time, really in the last 10, 15 years, it was always Steelers, Patriots, Steelers, Ravens. You know, we had a couple of years where the Broncos were in the mix, obviously, you know, the newcomer with the Chiefs and everything. But what the hell is going on with the Patriots? You know, I get Brady's the GOAT. I get, you know, as soon as he's gone, but where's the rhetoric about Belichick being one of the greatest coaches of all time? Don't get me wrong. Cam Newton's still a good quarterback, 
And, and, you know, we're really seeing some of the Patriots woes here. Man, Bill Belichick used the ultimate scapegoat this weekend, something I never thought I would see Bill Belichick does. I think, uh, you know, being an Eagles fan, I don't have any dog in the Patriots fights, but I just think he was always, you know, the greatest coach of all time. He does no excuses, but he had the ultimate cop out this week, and he said the reason the Patriots are struggling is because they're broke. They don't have cap space for anyone. He said that they went all in to go on their dynasty run, paid all their money, and now they're dry and broke, and I just don't buy that. I think if you're Bill Belichick, you always got to find a way to win. I don't understand what his deal is. I don't know if the issue is Cam. I don't know if the issue is that defense. They have defensive pieces like Stephon Gilmore. I just don't really know what the problem is. Anytime the Dolphins and the Bills are running the AFC East, you know there's a problem. And I know right now there's no way the Patriots make the playoffs. I don't think they could you know, make the playoffs next year unless they get rid of Cam. But ultimately, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if they should give Stidham a try. I don't know if it's a lack of chemistry. I don't. I don't know if you know. Yeah, Cam yeah I think it is interesting for COVID to bring up, you know, for a week had anything back to do COVID, with it. But it, I again, just I mean, really we, don't we, know. We talk about Belichick here. I mean, this is the guy that people say is you know the greatest coach of all time. I mean, in my opinion, if you're the greatest greatest coach of all time, you could take the Jets, you know, to to a playoff run. And I just don't see that here. I think maybe people are starting to realize Belichick wasn't the answer. It really was Brady, and especially looking at Brady now in Tampa. Um, I, you know, I know they've had some ups and downs, but we have to remember again, weird season, short, you know, really, I guess, short beginning to the season, no preseason games. I think it's going to take some time for Brady to get adjusted, but I'm going to call it right now on November 3rd. I am saying that your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl. You can take that to the bank. Um, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at. What do you think? That is a massive call. That is wild. I, I don't see that at all. I mean, I think they're contenders, especially with A.B. coming next week. They're going to be a massive problem. I think A.B. is going to be one of the greatest receivers this year, and he's coming in, you know, week nine. But I just don't think the Bucs are for yeah, well, I think I we're going to see an AFC you know, so Super Bowl you, winner so this year. There's just too many good teams. I have the Seahawks say, beating the Bucs, honestly. What do you say? Seattle. Seattle. Their offense is just playing lights out. DK Metcalf is the best wide receiver in football. Tyler Locke is a problem. Russ is just an absolute monster. Like always, he, it came out this weekend that he's doing the LeBron James treatment. And by that, that, I mean Russell Wilson announced he spends a little over $1 million annually just to take care of his body. He's got two personal chefs. He's got all types of you know equipment to make yeah, sure his so like body's said, in tip-top shape. So I'm saying Seahawks win the Super like Bowl. What Seahawks about you, the Bucks? Soft. I mean, this isn't the Legion of Boom that you know your your grandpa's Legion of Boom here. I mean, this is a team that the defense is soft. Um, I love the offense again. Lockett, Metcalf, obviously Russell Wilson. I'm not sure what's going on with Chris Chris Carson there. I know he didn't play this week. They still got the job done. But when he comes back, they're a force on offense. Don't get me wrong. But I think that defense is soft. I see NFC Championship, Buccaneers, Seahawks. I see Brady throwing for a billion touchdowns against that soft defense. And I don't think the the Seahawks offense keeps up. Yeah. Of okay, course. so being a Bucks uh, supporter, we can say about you yeah, right now. And so what do you exactly, think about A B coming back in the mix? Do you think he helps or hurts this Brady and A B. Um, you know, reports were coming out that A B moved in with Tom Brady. 
And I have to say, too, you know, Brady is they played 10 days together in New England and they had an immediate connection, one touchdown pass. Um, but still, I, I mean, I think Brady, he, he loves the guy. I don't know what they had in there in, in New England when they played for the 10 days together. But, I, you know, I love the connection. I love the chemistry. And I think Brady's an old enough guy to really settle down A.B. You know, a lot of people look back and they say, oh, you know, Steelers had had, had Roethlisberger when A.B. was there. I don't see Roethlisberger as much of a really as, as much of a leader in the sense of when someone gets out of hand, they get out of hand. But I, I like Brady to kind of settle him down. Obviously, a year off too kind of opened his eyes a little bit. I, I like to see A.B. be real good here. Well, going back to Big Ben oh, not yeah. being a leader, it's like how are you going to control guys when you've been raping yeah. girls? And you there, know, there you can't a, tell these guys crazy. shit because you know, really they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, thanks, rapist. But uh, I've seen reports that people AB, don't like that. And I've seen reports that A.B. is staying with Tom Brady for the remainder of the season, so that will be good. I'm sure they can work out together. A.B. is the second yeah, best I'm receiver – of the last decade, and he hasn't played football for a year. Statistically speaking, he leads receivers in almost all categories. Yeah, no, absolutely. He places and, I mean, second, again, excuse me, in almost all categories. And he's been out of the league. Add a, B to the arsenal. I think that team's going to be serious heading down the stretch here. But uh... Okay, then, if they're so serious, how come they struggled Monday Night Football against the Giants? They're, the Bucks were 13-point favorites. They barely sneak a win. The game almost went to overtime, but there was a bullshit P.I. call. So if the Bucs are for real, they and, need and to start acting like again, we can't saw be with the Bears struggling too, against again, the 1-16. I think and this 16. is a team that's still working out the kinks. Again, the weapons are there. The leadership is there. I think this is a team that, you know, we're, we're halfway into the season right now. I think down the stretch in the last quarter of the season, I don't see this team to lose a single game. I see this team to get hot into the playoffs and make the run here again. Just working the kinks out. I guess that's really what it is for right now. I kind of picture Brady as kind of a LeBron kind of guy. You know, the regular season is like preseason. And then when we jump into the playoffs, you know, we mean business. So that's kind of, you know, where my thoughts are on some of those early hiccups. Most definitely. I just want to say real quick, that game last night, Monday Night Football, Bucks Giants, that was an extremely controversial call. Personally, I thought that was a P.I., Antoine Winfield made premature contact with Dion Lewis. The ref initially flew the flag, and then after the meeting, they discussed that it was not a PI. But uh, it's just a big question mark for me with the Bucks. But moving on to the Eagles Cowboys, yeah, and I, it's actually, NFC, I'm really so this is the worst division of all time. Again, I you know I, I had the the parlay, the last leg of the parlay there. You know, I think this is the worst division of all time. I really do. I mean, we have. If that Eagles team was playing anybody else, that's a loss for the Eagles. If that Cowboys team was playing anyone else, that's a loss for the Cubs. I just don't see them beating anybody outside of their own division. What are they like, one in one fifteen and one in that division? I mean, or outside of the division, I guess I should say. But it's just one of those things that you know, it's just a couple of retards beating each other up. That's kind of how I look at the NFC East. hundred uh, percent. One thing I did want to say, though, is Travis Fulgham out of ODU, Old Dominion. He uh, has been rising to stardom since week four. He's actually the NFL receiving uh, yards leader. So he has the most receiving yards in the NFL since week four. I think the 2020 NFC East is going to replace the 2014 NFC South for the worst division of all time. If you don't know, the NFC South in 2014 went 21 
excuse me, 22-41-1. And, and that's just embarrassing. I don't see the NFCs. Yeah, no, totally agree. And I think this is actually going to be a great uh, time to plug more our brand new YouTube season. channel. Spaz, you're actually the one who kind of took the lead on that. Um, you actually just made the first video, and it was about the NFC East. So kind of tell us a little about the video and, and where the where the listeners can find the video. Yeah, you can go find the video at Lock and Bets on YouTube. We'll provide a link in the description. But it's just going to be covering a lot of uh, gambling moments in the NFL history, such as uh, the worst division of all time, which was the NFC South in 2014. Uh, there was a lot of disappointments that year. All, that's all I'm going to say about that. But one last thing I want to talk about the NFC East was they're the first division in history to have no teams to have three plus wins through the first seven weeks of the season. Now, obviously, it being week eight, the Eagles finally got a you know third win over the Cowboys, but just an absolute dumpster fire. It is really a sad year for NFC East fans. Now, uh, moving on to the Titans, man, they burned everyone. They burned Vegas this weekend. Thankfully, we did not take them. We ultimately uh, went four and one in the NFL this weekend, but every single better I knew this weekend took the Titans. They were a seven point favorite over the Bengals. Backdoor Burrow, that's my we guy. Got Burrow Magic, that's, that's Backdoor Burrow, whatever you want to call them. They embarrassed the Titans. They absolutely embarrassed me. And then uh, after the game, it came out yesterday that the Titans signed Desmond King. I think that's a great addition for their defense. Yeah, He's only no, 25 years old, but exactly right. Tennessee but again, Titans, I mean, man, they got to get it together. Here. I mean, the Bengals may be kind of like the same thing with the Buccaneers. Brand new quarterback had no time in preseason to get acquainted to a team. Um, I think when, when Burrow finds a stride here, I love this guy. And I'm going to come out and say it. Um, I, I didn't like Burrow coming out of college. Again, everyone and their mother liked Burrow, um, not only for his looks, but really just for, for his play style in LSU. But I looked at LSU and I saw that offensive line. And I was like, you know, this guy's got 40 minutes to throw the ball. Of course he's going to find it. But this is – we're talking about a gritty, gritty, gritty kid. The kid takes hits. The kid throws the ball. He wings it too. I mean, he's got the Brett Favre kind of arm. And, you know, I like to see what this kid's going to do. I see Bengals coming to the playoffs here. If they can get some more weapons. T. Higgins too on that offense. If they can get some more weapons, I like to see them in the playoffs in the next couple of years. And I, I guess that's what a number one pick will get you. But kind of going off that – Yeah. Do you give the – no, hold on. Do you See, give the nod give to Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow for rookie he's, of the year? He's got the flashier plays. He's got um, a little bit better of a defense than the Bengals do. And, again, you know, obviously the record shows a little bit better. Um, the, the biggest thing that I think with the Chargers and with Herbert is that, you know, he came in – I believe it was week three? It, whatever week it was, he came in. He didn't start the season – and sometimes that raises a lot of eyebrows. I think he's going to get the nod. But personally, if I'm starting a team, if I'm starting a franchise, I'm taking Joe Burrow. What about you? I'm taking Herbert right now. It is 12 touchdowns, three interceptions for Herbert, and 11 touchdowns and five picks for yeah, Burrow. No, absolutely. I think they're pretty absolutely. even. Just a quick story, I just funny story about pick on uh, that. You know, some of our Vegas bets here. We were with a group. And one of the guys he bet, Lamar Jackson, over 64 and a half rushing yards. And I don't know how Vegas does it. I know they're, you know, affiliated with the mafia, you know, somehow, whatever it is. I'm telling you, Lamar Jackson, again, the bet was over 64 and a half. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, as, as the game time finished, it said 64 yards. There was a correction to 65 yards. As his bet paid out, it was push on 64 and a half. I've never seen anything like that. How do you push 64 and a half yards? I don't know how, but he did. Um, again, Vegas, 
scary good at what they do. Scary good. But uh, kind of shifting over here, because, you know, I know we were talking about the games here this last weekend, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this, this upcoming Thursday night game. You know, we have Packers, San Francisco. San Francisco is looking to be without uh, Kittle for eight weeks, and they're going to be without Garoppolo, it's looking like. And we still see the line here at Packers minus five and a half. I mean, just as from a betting standpoint, I got to imagine this thing's at least 10, 15 points on the Packers. But again, we see the line here minus five and a half. Maybe it has something to do with the Packers or the, the yeah, the Packers getting beat by the Vikings. I'm not sure. I mean, what's your take here? I think personally, the Packers are like the lock of the century. You're going to have Nick Mullen starting for the Niners, I believe. That's going to be a disaster. It isn't San Francisco, but with this being such a weird year, no fans, I don't think that really matters where the game's played. I think the uh, Packers are out to prove everyone that they're contenders, they're legit. They need, you know, a bounce no, back absolutely. game. They got embarrassed by the Vikings. I mean, they lost by six points, but. I understand a division game, anything's possible, but the Vikings are absolute garbage, and they had that infamous meltdown game against the Bucks. I think Packers are going to bounce back here, prove everyone they're wrong. I personally think five and a half points is too low. Uh, I'm taking, I'm hammering Packers minus five and a half, and also no, totally. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to show everyone he's still in the MVP of, race. You know, hungry dog runs fast, and I think you know we have a team within the Packers. They're they're going to be they're pissed. They're absolutely pissed. Um, you know, again, getting beat by a division rival here. And the Bears are still on their ass. I mean, they, that's what you got to remember. And then I look at a team like the like San Francisco, and it's just like every time I watch them play, it just doesn't seem like they want to win. Obviously, again, still a good team, a lot of talent. But, again, I think this is your classic case of the hungry dog runs fast, and I, I like Packers here. Lock that in. I'm going to be throwing some money on that one too. And we'll definitely be tweeting that out on Thursday. Um, and then I guess just really shifting over a little bit as we kind of wrap NFL up here. Um, huge day today. No, pause. It is the NFL deadline. I'm sorry. I just want to say this real quick. It's, it is the NFL deadline. This was the worst year of all time. We saw no action today. It was a dud. There's rumors Will Fuller is going to get moved. He stayed put. It was just the worst NFL deadline of all yeah, time. No, absolutely. I'm sorry. I carry on. Obviously, that has to do with COVID and everything going on there. And a lot of these guys just, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty going on. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think we can't we can't go in this podcast November 3rd here. It's election night. Um, man, I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy again. You know, we don't want to talk too much about politics, but I'm just going to come out and say, you know, fuck your feelings. I'm a Trump supporter. I'm saying it right now. I think this is going to be a neck and neck, a neck and neck matchup here with, with Biden Trump. I mean, I, again, I want to see Trump win here. I don't know that he gets the job done. I just don't know that he gets the job done in the election tonight as it stands right now. Again, this is before any of the polls have come in. Any of the votes have come in other than those early votes. But as it stands right now, we have Trump plus 140 and then the favorite Joe Biden minus 180. Um, you know, what do you think here? I mean, is this is this something where Trump can have another 2016 upset? I honestly don't know. It's just been such a crazy year. The only thing I know about the election is we're not going to know who the winner is tonight. Odd Shark actually put out a very uh, wonderful statistic. The best odds the loser of the election will concede is actually not until December 1st or later at plus 175. They're saying that it is plus 600 that the loser concedes wow. tonight. So whoever wins, I just think we're not going to know for at least a week or two, especially with everything going on with uh, COVID and the mail-in yep, ballots. I totally agree. And it's interesting too. I mean, obviously this podcast 
probably won't get out in time, assuming they announce a winner tonight. Again, I, it seems very unlikely that's going to happen. But again, just wanted to touch on Pops just because it is, it is a, you know, election night here. But I guess just throwing it over to you, if you have anything else left to say to the viewers, I, I know it's, it's quiet just regarding baseball. It's quiet regarding basketball, hockey. No, no, no. I got plenty of, yeah, of uh, basketball news. You know, it does suck we're not in basketball season anymore. I just wanted to say congratulations to the Sixers for hiring Daryl Morey from the Rockets. I think he's a very, very confident man for uh, your front office. And he was talking today about bringing in James Harden. Now, the only thing is you got to get Houston to be willing to give up Harden, which I just don't see that happening. And then if you bring Harden in, who are you going to get rid of? I don't think you heard it here first, Locksmith. Gun to your gun to my head, gun to anyone's head. Starting 2021, this whenever the season of basketball starts, which they're saying might not be until Christmas. I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will both be wow. on the Sixers. One of them is going to have to go. Personally, I think Embiid's going to stay, and I think they're going to shop Ben Simmons. But as a Sixers fan, I would love to see James Harden join the Sixers. But that's all I got yeah, for NBA no, that, news. That's actually crazy. And obviously, you know, it, it's nice to have you as as part of the podcast here just because you're, you're definitely the basketball guy. But it, it's, you know, right now it's just a slow time other than football. But again, obviously election night. Um, you know, there, there's not a whole lot IELTS had to say regarding any other sports. The one thing that I did want to bring up is, you know, we're coming into – they just announced the finalists – for the MLB MVP, Rookie of the Year, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really have any strong takes on it. The one thing I do like from the NL is Mookie Betts. I get a lot of shit for this all the time, but I'm telling you right now, Mookie Betts is the best player in football or in baseball. I think he's the best. What about Freeman? I, I like Freeman, but again, I, I just think Mookie's, Mookie's got the defensive aspect to him as well. I mean, you got to remember Freeman, he's a first baseman. They don't really do too much. So kind of it's a one-dimensional thing with Freeman. I think Freeman's the best batter in all of baseball right now. But, again, you look at Mookie out there in right field, this guy's making plays every damn night. So I like Mookie. I don't only like Mookie for the MVP, but I like Mookie just, again, in a statement of the overall GOAT. You know, people, they say, is Trout the best of all time? Is he the best of all time? I always say, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. Mookie Betts, he, he's in the conversation. Let's Before we talk about greatest of all time, let's talk about greatest currently playing the game. And I, I like Mookie over Trout. If I'm going gonna, gonna to pick a player up, I'm going to pick a player up that's got two World Series rings versus a player who's got zero World Series rings. And I, I don't know. I just I just think Mookie's just kind of the electric that a, a lot of those teams need in the dugout. But, again, just my two cents. I know we're probably going to get some heat for that. we got a lot of trout lovers. But um, that's kind of what's going on. Can you hear me? Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, like I said, kind of quiet yes, in the sports world right now. Um, but overall, I, I just think it's it, it's going to be a great, really a great week here with the election, um, big time sports week. I mean, we just went we just went twelve and one this weekend, motherfucker. So you guys better start fucking tailing us. Exactly. If we went twelve and, and one this week, and imagine what we're doing with the next YouTube week. Channel, we have you know our, our Twitter at Lock and Bets, our Instagram at Lock Sports. Follow our stuff. I mean, we're always putting. It's, it's all free content. It's all free content. I'm telling you right now. This is not going to be free forever. I'm telling you right now, this is not free forever. You know, I love to give people free money, but we're we're pe we're having people pay rent off with the with the bets that we're giving them. So again, get in while you can. And since the return of sports, since the return of sports, we just keep going up in units one. We haven't had one losing season since there one losing Absolutely. week. So follow our stuff. We got a lot of big of things planned here in the future. I love to see where this where where we're going here with locked in. 
And um, yeah, again, follow us. Any questions, any questions that you have for the next podcast, let us know, you know, shoot us a DM, anything you want, let us know. We'd love to talk about it. But uh, other than that, was there anything else you wanted to add? No, just uh, keep staying locked in. I don't give a fuck if you got $1 your name. Stay gambling. Keep being a degenerate. Absolutely. Follow you know our shit. Say, Let's get money, money next week. So have a good night, everyone. Go Trump. Go your favorite team. Peace out. We'll see you next week.